dare you toy with Sailor Moon's mind, fabricating lies to turn us against each other? I'll show you how wise you are. Wise man. My true tuxedo mask. Don't, Don't forget, forget about us, too. Sailor Mars. Sailor Jupiter. Sailor Mercury. Sailor Venus. We'll show you how wise you're not. <laughs> Moon Podcast Escalation. everyone my name is jordan d white my name is chris sims and this is sailor business it's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 sailor moon anime and talk about just why it is that we love it so much this week we're taking a look at episode 87 believing in love in the future usagi's decision and it's i oh no i remember liking r a lot i really liked this one did you? Yeah. Did you? I was like, I don't know. I was tired when I watched it. <laughs> so, I don't know. But man, I'm, I'm feeling like Sailor Moon R was a con. I like, well, of course, you know I always like the ones that reaffirm the love between the miracle romance. Well, look, there's good, there's good stuff in it. I will say that. But to help us talk about it, we have a very special guest uh, returning to the show. Uh, you will know her as the host and game master of the campaign podcast, as well as uh, the person who played Sailor Venus on uh, our episode of One Shot, where we played the Sailor Moon '90s anime, hey. and I was That's Jupiter. That's the only and... way that they'd know me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you were Jupiter because <laughs> no one listens to campaign because campaign's not a super popular podcast. I'm pretty sure no one listens to that because <laughs> you guys don't get like tons of of fan art all the time. <laughs> No, nothing like those things. Uh, uh, please, hi, everyone. Please welcome to the show uh, the person who made me like Star Wars again, Cat Cool. Cat, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Chris? How are you, Jordan? Doing good. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, um, well, I'm so glad to have you back. You are someone who uh, I love talking to, and I lo specifically love talking to you about Sailor Moon. So I'm glad that we got you back for this episode, because you said... That uh, ne the next one we're going to be talking about is one of your favorites. <laughs> the next one, not this episode. This one, I gotta agree. This isn't. This one left me feeling like, huh? Maybe R isn't that great. Oh man. Maybe. Well, it's just the pacing's weak. It's. I mean, creepy. I thought I thought it beat the crap out of last episode, which I was. I didn't have a lot of tolerance for the Sephir episode. Can I? Can I make a confession to you, Jordan? You, you can, can I confess something right now? Of course. I literally have no idea what happened last episode. Wait, are you serious? I do not remember it at all. Look, okay, here's a little peek behind the curtain for everyone. Jordan and I, and, and Kat too, actually, have had some very busy weeks. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this in the regular run of the show, if you're listening to this uh, as it goes up, uh, you'll know that we've had actually a couple weeks since the last episode. This is, I think, our, our biggest gap in, in shows ever. So, uh, what has happened is that I moved uh, to yep. a different state. Jordan has bought a house, 
And uh, Kat, who is a game designer and, and game master, uh, was at Gen Con. So <laughs> it's a lot it's of stuff. It's been a trip. Yep. Just well, Chris, just complex. Uh, I can do a, a summary if you want. No, how, how long will it take you? <laughs> Five minutes. Five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you, you don't remember that the last episode was the one where Sephir, after just being a wet blanket professionally for like 50 million years, was just like, oh, hey, turns out the bad guys are bad guys. And then like sort of kind of became a good guy and then yes yeah yeah that part was pretty cool the part that he says oh hey older brother uh this guy is screwing over our entire clan no he was like i older brother i've got some news wise man is "Eh." (laughs) that's right that's how it goes down oh no poor buddy oh no I mean, I kind of remember that, but if, if only the title of the episode gave some indication as to what happened. Uh, was there some kind of trap? Uh, yes. Was, was Wise Man's trap involved? It was. You know what? We're actually going to see clips from it in this episode. <laughs> refresh your memory. That's nice. I also don't remember this episode, which I watched seven hours ago. Okay. All right. Well, before, but, but before we do that, I'm sure we've got other stuff we could cover. Yes. So, Kat, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Uh, Obviously, the last time you were on, we talked about your history with Sailor Moon, your favorites. uh, And everyone should go listen to that uh, because you are always a delight to hear. But uh, in the it's been a while. It's been like a year since you've been on. Yeah, roughly. Do you have any any Sailor Moon updates in your life? Only Sailor Moon updates. We do not want to hear about anything <laughs> else. Absolutely. Um, I finished up my uh, my Sailor Moon collection, so I own all of the comics now. Um, like the, I had them. I had them all previously, but I didn't have um, a complete set in one comic form. But now I have all of the Kodansha ones. Um, and I, I really like how they're printed and look together on a shelf. Um, yes. And I have the my figure arts Chibi Moon came in. She's the only figure arts figure that I own. The only one. The only one. I've managed to. You see, if I get more than one, I'm going to have all of them. So I strategically picked the one that was most important to me well, and I, got myself Chibi Moon. I have an inkling you may have a second one at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I might have a second one on the way soon. Um, oh, I guess I do have a second figure arts figure. It's just not Sailor Moon related, but it is Magical Girls, um, if, I, if I may. That I like To hang out with Chibi Moon, I got her. I got a Cardcaptor Sakura, so the two of them hang out in competing classic poses on my shelf and inspire me every morning. Cool. Uh, I, one of the first things I unpacked uh, once I, I finished moving was all my, my Sailor Moons. Because I have, I have my, my bookshelves organized in a, a weird and arcane sort of way. And, and so I have a, a shelf that's just Jack Kirby books and Batman books. Mm-hmm. Because those are what are most important to me. But then I, when I rearranged, I added to it. So now there's a second shelf of other books that are important to me. And right on the top, I've got all the Sailor Moons, the codename Sailor V, the short stories, the two VHS copies of the uh, S movies that I have no way of playing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> my Moonstick replica, my, my wooden Moonstick mm-hmm. that I bought at a con. And uh, I also finally got framed um, Aaron Gladstone, who's been on the show before, who's an amazing artist that we know. Uh, did a like a quick 
ballpoint pen sketch for me one time of Pikachu dressed as Sailor Jupiter, and I kept it. And then also did, like, a very, like, beautiful, uh, like, on a, like, uh, sketch card size, uh, I think it's a marker sketch of Sailor Moon. So I've got those finally framed and up with the, uh, the Sailor Moon books since I moved. How have they not made a cosplay Pikachu that's Sailor Jupiter? That feels like a missed opportunity, Japan. You know? The only problem is uh, not a lot of uh, attack names. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, you only need four. That's the beauty of it. Well, they would all be Pikachu. <laughs> There's inflection, Jordan. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I, that's about it. Other than that, uh, I collect um, very small toys uh, because I, I like um, old type letter boxes. You know, things that used to have, what do you call them? Type for, for printing presses. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I collect toys that will fit in those and keep them on walls. Nice. Um, so whenever I go to, like, a place that would have those, I buy lots of blind boxes and things of little toys. So I have a, a spattering of tiny Sailor Moon toys that are all obnoxious things, like Usagi eating a hot dog in a funny way. <gasps> that sounds great. Yeah, it is great. They're the best. Um, that's really all of my Sailor news, but it's just toy acquisition and occasionally rereading something. Now, you'll forgive my memory, I hope, but you mentioned mm -hmm. having a Chibi Yusa uh, fig arts because she's the most important to you so you're yes. a fan of of chibi then yes that's i am i'm diehard chibi fan now, she's absolutely my favorite scout like so you and jordan are, are exactly alike in that regard no. See, because no. jordan's favorite character no. is also uh <laughs> chibi so. i said i've come around to to enjoying disliking her it's what mm. i said mm, that's fake no <laughs> Um, no, yeah, so you have, like, an uncomplicated love of her? Like, it's just like, nope, she's great. Sort of. I mean, that you're starting to get to... I mean, next episode, I think we should talk about it a lot more. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's, a, that's a... That's a... See, that's how you know that Kat is a podcast pro. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kat's out here, like, dropping teasers for next week. <laughs> next episode. Of sailor business. Uh, well, Kat, it is, like I said, absolute joy to have you back. Uh, I, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about uh, Chibi Yusa, because I thought your favorite was Venus, but we'll talk about that next week. She's, yeah, she's like my favorite inner senshi, but uncomplicated, like, out of all of them, favorite is Chibi Moon. Well, uh, now that that is all cleared up, uh, before we get into the episode, I think we've got some some correspondence to deal with, some some yeah. sailor business. Uh, first, I guess we should say that um, since we did take such a break, we are actually extending the uh, deadline on the current uh, Sailor Business T-shirt club orders. So if you want to get Hell Yes Maraud, uh, with art by Shannon Maynard, uh, you can head over to sailorbusiness.ttoki.com. That's T-E-E-T-O-K-I. And uh, that will be going for an extra week uh, just to make sure that everybody is aware that they can get a shirt of Esmeralda with sunglasses wearing, uh, wearing sunglasses and doing finger guns. <laughs> because who doesn't want that in their life? That's Everyone the best should. thing. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, also, we've gotten, uh, we've gotten a, lot of, uh, a lot of letters and a lot of responses, a lot of tweets. Since our, our last episode, since it's been so long. Um, Jordan, I have an email that we can start with, if you'd like. Please, 
please. Kat, you are a you are are like I said, you're a game designer. Uh, a noisy person cards is out now, correct? Yes, that's well. The Kickstarter's done, and we are now making the game physically. That's the stage it's at. And you also have uh, experience playing a variety of systems. Uh, do you have any history with Shadowrun? Oh, oh, do I? <laughs> How many katanas did your character have? <laughs> I wasn't that sort. No, I'm, um, I'm the, I'm, I'm the magic sort. That annoying kid. Okay, well, I got a uh, uh, from uh, from my pal NP. Uh, I got a very detailed email after we discussed which character from Sailor Moon would fill which role in a Shadowrun campaign. Right, 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 right. Uh, I got a very detailed email from someone who is actually familiar with both. Uh, so here is the gist. Uh, Ami is the GM. He says, there's no debate here. Nobody actually wants to GM Shadowrun. <laughs> the sheer amount of math and security system planning drives lesser men to madness. Uh, Ray oh, is the maxed out mystic adept who... What's that? I said, oh, yeah, if it's a lot of math, then I'm sure she'll love it. Yeah, well, she has an IQ of 300. That's true. <laughs> That's 100% so, accurate. Ray's the maxed out mystic adept who is the master of socialization and elven kung fu. Uh, Minako's the rigger. She gets little robot friends. Usagi's the cybered out troll street samurai with finger blades and an illegal panther assault cannon. Makoto's the local shaman, perfectly entombed with the spirits around and an entity for the remains of Gaia's protection and kindness. Also, she can summon a spirit of thunder to smite fools. Uh, and Luna and Artemis tag team as the Decker and or Technomancer, depending on the edition. Once again, this is my process of elimination, since no one wants to be the Decker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you to uh, you, you can uh, you can find him on Twitter as Getter404. If you are uh, if you want to ask him more questions about Shadowrun, he's a little more qualified than we are to answer it. I hadn't considered that the cats would play, too, but that's I like it. I'm happy about it. I mean, they can't hold pencils, but still. <laughs> That does raise an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> they can type. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> Not well. Remember we saw Luna type that one time. The, well, they're used to those moon keyboards that are just rocks. Well, no, they just random ass rocks of various sizes. They use arcade games. They only need a, a joystick and a punch and a kick, and they type everything with that. So, Jordan, do we have any tweets coming through? Yes, we do. We've got lots of questions we can answer. For example... Uh, Botched Spot wants to know, if Sailor Moon had a car-battling arena game like WWE Crush Hour, what cars would the scouts and villains drive? <laughs> I'm sorry, did somebody just drop WWE Crush Hour on me? Yep. <laughs> oh, so oh, I'm assuming this no. is like a Demolition Derby game? Yes. It was sort of a, a WWE version of like Twisted Metal or, uh, or it was the one called Carmageddon, I think. Okay. Uh, but it was bad, and and <laughs> so like only three people remember it. It's apparently me and uh, the the person behind the webcomic botched spot, which is appropriate enough. Uh, okay, so what cars would they drive? Okay, would would you have like a Mamoru in his car and a tuxedo mask on his motorcycle? Well, would wait, you do those separately? That's a good question, although he would be at a much bigger disadvantage on a motorcycle. I mean, that's a bad idea. Well, he's, he's got uh, agility. Yeah, I feel like his whole power set is like stealth and agility, though. Okay. Right. It feels odd to give him a car. He's not very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the problem. None of the girls are old enough to drive. Nope, not at all. <laughs> 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 so they all get bumper cars. 
Oh, okay, so so what vehicles have we seen them using? Uh, we've seen them riding on mops, pretending they were horses. <laughs> we saw them on a train. We've a seen them on a train. Trains, a kitty train and a real train. Ami's vehicle would be a plane to Germany. Oh, God. Uh... Who who did we say rented the yacht? Uh, that- well, well, uh, Makoto drove it because there's that amazing line in the dub, right? Where uh, they add in the line, "I didn't know you could drive a boat," and Makoto just goes, "I can do anything." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we found a genre of game that Sailor Moon could not translate to. They I mean- don't drive. <laughs> They would. I mean, I guess if you were gonna do a Sailor Moon car battle game, you would do a one where they were driving like regular sensible cars, and then they had car transformation sequences, and like upgraded into awesome cars. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, like Makoto's would be a super tough car. I'm curious, what would Ami's car be? Because a smart how car. do you have a yeah yeah a smart car? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh no, it's just gonna get crushed. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, that's pretty It's just cool. like with bubble exhaust. M- yep. Makoto drives a monster truck, and then you put the smart car in the, the, the bed of the monster truck, and then they team up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what? Because they are they are the miracle romance of the show. Because they are in love. Mm-hmm. I'm on to you. I see what is happening. <laughs> now now Kat, did we were we you were on on like episode twenty eight, so I don't. Did we even have Ami? Or I know we had Ami, but did we have Makoto back then? Uh, no, we didn't. So, so at did least we, I don't think. No, we did. she was on the episode. She was on the episode where Amy met her true love, Greg. Oh, Ugh. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've gotten. I I know. I know this is a thing. I've seen okay. Chris. I know what Chris is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm about. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess Makoto was there. Makoto shows up on like episode twenty-five. Uh, so I just wanted to I just wanted to make sure we had covered your opinion on the miracle romance. That's all. Ah, the mirror, dude. People can ship what they want. That's how I feel about <laughs> things. I feel that there may be some other ships are more strongly supported by the text, but no, uh, Sailor no. Moon is pretty pretty gay. Sailor Moon's real gay, so why not? There you go. So, uh, George, uh, do we have maybe like sure. one more tweet, one or two more tweets? Uh, sure. History Man 68 says, in our Sailor Moon movie adaptation that we've discussed in the past, how would we handle Luna? CGI, non-talking cat, puppet? Not a puppet. <laughs> or at least not really? a terrible puppet. 100% sure. puppet. Oh, I've looked into those Salem puppets before. You can get those still. The people who made him still make them. That's ridiculous. All right, now Jordan, you have not seen the live-action Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, the Tokusatsu show. I've seen clips show. from it. You've seen clips from it, Kat. You you have seen it, I think, right? Yes, yes, I have. Uh, yeah, the Luna puppet in that show is the best thing. No, not it's just terrible. about that show, but like possibly about the Sailor Moon franchise. What? <laughs> it looks awful. I love the Luna puppet. I love it. I love her. I love it. I would say we handle Luna by having a real cat, and then we CGI talking onto the real cat. That would look like a fucking nightmare, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Like a cat, and you're CGIing its mouth moving? Yeah. 
Ugh. <laughs> All right. I mean, to be fair, I guess I didn't see Jungle Book, but I saw, again, I saw the ads, and they, they just made whole animals that, that talked, and so that would work, too. I think, it, okay, here's my legit answer to this. If we can have the budget of Jungle Book. Luna and, and Artemis, but the cats, are going to look bad in live action unless you go full Roger Rabbit and, like, have them traditionally animated <laughs> and then put in. You think That's that, interesting. You think huh. that cats talking would not... Well, because you don't like cats. That's it why. has nothing to do with me not liking cats, although I don't. <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm assuming that that's why you're like, oh, the idea of a talking cat is even worse. Like, <laughs> they would look fine. A, a real cat talking would look fine. No, that would not look fine. It never looks fine. It ha- like I one hundred percent of the time it has happened. It has not looked fine. Was there this one time where you saw this cat and he was like, "That means I'm the king of the cats," and he jumped up and ran away forever? What are you talking about? <laughs> Have you never heard of that? That's story? the you've never heard of the king of the cats, the best fairy tale. No. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's a really good one. And when I was a kid, it really freaked me out. Uh, that's that's what I've heard from a lot of people who encountered it. I always thought it was really cool, but a lot of people think it's scary when all that happens is a cat jumps up and says, "Oh, if he's dead, I'm the king of the cats." The quick version, Chris, is a guy a guy comes to his a guy comes to his friend's house and he's like, "Oh my god, I just saw the freakiest thing." And the guy's like, "What?" And he says, "I was walking down the street and blah 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 blah, and I saw this like parade of cats, and they were all it's standing on their, their their hind legs, and they were carrying this giant coffin, and it was like decked out with like kings and stuff, and blah blah blah, and they were like the king of the cats is dead, and then the guy's cat in the corner jumps up and goes, the king is dead, that means I am king, and like jumps out the window and is never jumps seen out the chimney, <laughs> king of the cats. I mean, listen, that's a pretty fantastic story." <laughs> I also don't know how anyone is freaked out by that because it just sounds like a joke. <laughs> because I was young and it played to the uh, the idea of you know the idea of the world is not as you understand it and uh, a cat even though it looks normal maybe they secretly can talk and they don't tell you. <laughs> but dude, fairy tales get to deeply psychological stuff, which we will talk about next episode. <laughs> Okay, but like, quick question. You're not freaked out by this show that we're currently watching. No, I was a child. I said I was a kid. talking cats. No, not at all. And also, no, no. It's Royal different. talking cats, even. I've grown since then. Maybe, maybe that story prepared me for this show. Maybe that's why I love this show. There you go. It affected me on a primal level. Okay, do we have one we can do quick and then we'll get into the episode? <laughs> sure, let's see. Uh, Mike Donahue wants to know, is there any crossover question that Chris wouldn't ban someone for? Mm, no. <laughs> no. I no. hand out bans like Halloween candy. I feel like that's the start of a rap that you're about to do, like a verse, <laughs> the, the, the band verse. <laughs> you got a second right, yeah, me, line in you? <laughs> let, me kick this, let me kick this real quick. God. No, I do not. I... <laughs> Okay, he also has a, a second question. Um, if you could pick any four people to be your inner senshi, who would they be? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Does that mean like IRL or like fictional people? No, I, th- I think like I think like in real like in real life, right? Well, sure, it's, it's just be. that in real life the answers would be like friends of mine that most people haven't heard of, so it will be not that interesting. 
I'll just take the easy way out because it's sailor business and uh, say the campaign crew. They're my boys. So which was so which is which? I, I, I feel like I feel like I feel like James is a Mercury. In that group, he might have to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, because like JP sees Mars. He's definitely the mean girl of them. Johnny's not tough. <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe he's our Ami actually, because uh, he's he's also like super into books. He's not into math. None of us are, but he's. <laughs> But he's he's our sweet bookish one, um, sweet summer child. So yeah, Johnny would be Ami. James would I would be Venus, and uh, yeah, Liz is super duper cool. So she'd get to be Makoto. Nice. That's, that's, that's a pretty good bunch. That's a pretty good bunch. Now I'm gonna have that in my head when I listen to campaign. Does this mean? <laughs> Thanks. Does this mean that? Uh, Chris, that we couldn't choose Devin or Aiden because they would have to be tuxedo masks. That's interesting. Uh... I would like Aiden's asleep right now, so I might be able to say she'd be like a tuxedo mask, but I don't want to risk it. Just a flying uh, rose in from the other room comes in, cuts your cheek. How dare you compare a young girl to a tuxedo mask? Unforgivable. All right, let's let's talk about this episode. Uh, like oh I said, we're watching. Sailor Moon episode 87. We are, we're so close to the end of R. We're literally two, after this one, two episodes from the end of R. And one might even so. say one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's not particularly fair to say the last one's an episode. <laughs> this one is Believing in Love in the Future, Usagi's Decision. It's on Hulu if you would like to watch it. It's also on, uh, on DVD. And we, we were informed... Uh, after I was freaked out in our last episode, that they they are going to be releasing S on DVD. It's just later this year for some reason. So uh, get ready to uh, to load up on Hulu if you're following along with us. But still, no word on the movies. Sadly, still no word on the movies. Like I said, I've got uh, what is it over here? Uh, Black Dream Hole over on the uh, <laughs> over on the, the bookshelf. Gosh, which one is that? Because I have fantastic memories of those well, movies. Well, hang on one second. <laughs> I think that's S, right? Okay, here we go. I've got uh, I've got S and Super S. Uh, Hearts in Ice. Uh, oh, Sailor no, Moon versus Snow Queen. The legendary Sailor Scout's power appears. Uh, as Serena and her friends enjoy Christmas vacation, I'm already sold. I'm already sold <laughs> on this. Uh, an unusual snowstorm hits the town. When the Sailor Scouts search for the source, they discover the evil Snow Queen, Kaguya, and her snow dancers have returned. That sounds amazing. Uh, and then Black Dream Hole. Oh, there's, there's Chibi right on the back mm -hmm. of this one. It's a good one. Uh, the Magical Dream Vortex. Chibi's in it, so you know it's I good. That one Sailor well. soldiers, please save the children's dreams. The wicked Betty Yanu has come to capture all the children to get enough power to absorb the earth into her black dream hole. They had to know, right? <laughs> they knew what I'd, they were writing when they wrote that. They, they couldn't have. It was such a pure time. Uh, the black dream hole is located <laughs> in the center of Bad New, uh, Betty Yanu's castle and absorbs all the dream energy from the children. The more children Betty Yanu kidnaps, the larger the dream hole gets. <laughs> this this movie sounds great actually. I am I I would love to watch these. 
someone bring over is... a CRT television and a VCR. Ah, uh, right. Uh, R is the promise of the rose. Uh, that, mm, no, no, it's uh, good. Good. It's good. Mm, good. It's about Mamoru. <laughs> and his secret boyfriend. I'm just over here now. I it's about Mamoru away. and his secret boyfriend. It really is. Oh, yeah, his elf boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mamoru's elf boyfriend. You'll see. We'll get there eventually. I hope, we'll find I, hope a way. I do. We'll find a way. So yeah, uh, S is coming soon. Uh, movies, who knows? Give us the, just give us the movies. Just give us the movies. I wonder if they're going to try to do something crazy, like re- release them in theaters for one night only. Look, I would go. I mean, would yeah, that would work on me. All right. But I almost went to see the, the new Digimon stuff in theaters, but then they're doing the dubs instead of the subs. I went to see the Death Note movie when they did the new dub of it, uh, where it was in theaters for one night. It was fun. Yeah. Well, look, I really like the dubs, for, like the new dubs, and the new dub cast is amazing. The, like I said, I've been really uh, blowing through the Love and Justice podcast, and they do an amazing episode uh, where they they interview the uh, voice of Minako in the new show. Nice. And she's like... First of all, that's like her voice. So it's just like they're talking to Sailor Venus. And mm. uh, she's really great. So check that out, definitely, if you, uh, if you want to learn more about the, the American dubcast. She also has a really good story about uh, getting the job. And also another really good story about how the voice of Ami is completely unfamiliar with Sailor Moon and had no idea it was popular. <laughs> wow. wow. How is that? Wow. I didn't know that was possible. They, they, I don't want to blow the entire episode, but apparently they went to a convention and she was like, oh, hey, there's a lot of people in this panel wearing blue. Does that, that's my color, right? Do they like me? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's charming. All right. What a dear. Should we do this? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I already did the summary. Right. Saphir died because of Wise Man's Trap. Yes. Uh, and I will say, we, we do, is it the, the opening where we see Naru and, and Usagi talking. Yes. Yes. That is one of the first this things, is, is the first thing in the episode, basically. This is legitimately a great scene. Now we have we have had the debate before about like when does Naru figure it out? Because at this point, Naru one hundred percent knows. <laughs> she's not get, like she's not coming out and saying it. And but she she knows that, that Usagi yes. is Sailor Moon. You're right. And it's a very good scene. Uh, in for that reason, and that is why it is so unpleasant that the Deke dub, or yeah, there was still a Deke dub at this point, botched it mm. so badly. Uh, should I guess what the episode was called? Oh yeah, we forgot to do that. Uh, let let me let me actually look because I don't remember. Okay. Oh yeah yeah of course of course yeah let's hear it. Okay. What's I'm it? What's it really need called? a hint for this one? What's it really called? Well, it, uh, Believing in love in the future, Usagi's right. decision is the Japanese title. It has it shares very it shares none of the significant words. <laughs> <laughs> some of the some of the small insignificant words are the same, but none of the significant ones are. Well, what's the big thing that happens? Um, it has to do with the big thing that happens. I should say. I don't like. What is the big thing that happens? Oh, come, in this on. Episode? come on, oh, dude! Uh, come on! Bi- is it called Bye Bye Diamond? No, but you're on the right track. Because it is about uh, Diamond. So they would call it... Diamond Dies? 
No, no, no come on. D-Cat, Diamond. Diamonds are a girl's best friend? <laughs> that was way closer, but not quite. What is it? Cat, do you know the answer? Or are you... No, I don't know. Do you have a guess? Mm, I've been trying to think of diamond puns, but I feel I feel like no. You're, you I got know what? Nothing. You're trying to be too clever. It's not a pun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pun. It's just a thing that has the word diamond in it. Oh no. So it, yeah, it, it would have been like farewell diamond. No. It, it, Here we go. Ready? No? Diamond in the rough. No. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Yeah, that's what. Oh it's no! So why must we suffer through this? So we only have two two more episodes left. Wait, is, is, it, is it even two? Yeah, it's two more. Uh, to do. Oh, this we're one. never. We're, we're. That means we're also going to run out. Sailor Moon says. Yep. Uh, well, oh. we already did, but yes. Oh man, this is like we're at the crossroads with Bone Thugs and Harmony right now with Sailor Moon. <laughs> but again, so let me say. Uh, in addition, they botched the Molly scene completely. A scene that clearly in the Japanese version is Molly like coming up and being like, so, so like Yusagi, is there anything you need, you know, like about this crystal thing that is doing things, you know? And Yusagi's like, no, everything's fine. And she's like, okay, ha ha ha. In the Deke one, I don't know if it's because they were saddled with the Brooklyn Molly or what, but like they, they play the scene way doofier and as a result it doesn't come across anything like she's just like hey serena i i you, you haven't been yourself lately i hope everything's okay is it about this crystal and she's like no mal what are you talking about <laughs> everything's fine okay then i guess i'll see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> don't forget the math test she does say that uh, on the way no as she's running and I was like, well, that was a good scene, and they just destroyed it. <laughs> it was a scene we really needed, too. Yes. Oh. <laughs> to make Molly not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And to, like, show how much Sailor Moon is, like, no longer about hanging out with her Earth friends. Like, she doesn't get to be with them anymore. But she cares about them a lot. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> I, I really like this scene. And I really, I really like it because, you know, as we've talked about in the past, I'm Naru slash Molly is an infinitely fascinating character. <laughs> this is the last scene of your of your Pluto uh, Naru series, right? Yes. Yes. This is the climax. Uh, this is this is the one where uh, the, the uh, not not Sailor Pluto. We, you, you say that like when <laughs> you say that, it sounds like you're talking about my fan fiction about <laughs> Sailor Pluto and Naru's romance. No, uh, we've referenced before the, the comic book. Pluto, Pluto, which the, was a yeah, yeah. kind of side yeah. story version of a classic, uh, what's his name? Osama Tezuka. I was, I was thinking of Astro Boy, actually. Yeah, well, okay, also him. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, this would be like, this would be like the climax of, of the Naru story. Because Naru is very clearly, she, she, she knows 100% that her best friend is a superhero. And she knows that that is bigger than her. And she knows that, like, when, you know, we get her internal monologue when Usagi walks away and she's like, hey, I know you can't tell me. And it's accepting and very bittersweet. And, like, it, it kind of sucks for Molly because Molly knows that, like, now her friend, you know, her best friend who she really, really cares about ha is in a, a higher world dealing with bigger stuff. But also, 
And, and this is a thing that comes back throughout the rest of the episode. Also, I don't quite understand why everyone is treating this like it's a boss fight. <laughs> because it doesn't really seem like one. Because well, when they... At the end of Sailor Moon Season 1, right, when they're getting ready to go to Point D mm-hmm. and and have the showdown with Queen Beryl, we get a very similar scene, it, it, tonally speaking, of Usagi making dinner for her family and her wanting to have that, you know, one last, you know, one last moment of togetherness with her family before she goes off to what very well might be her death. And that's, you know, that makes sense because Queen Beryl is a big evil monster and Queen Metalli is a big evil monster and they know that there's a connection that goes back thousands of years between them with this like in the in the last episode they were just like yeah this thing's messing up traffic but it's also a giant crystal tower in the middle of Tokyo yeah but did they like did they know it's like does does Naru have a reason to be like oh that thing's evil yeah well it, it wait looks Chris pretty evil Chris Chris, <laughs> if a giant crystal tower grew in the middle of your town, I think you obvious. I, I, honestly, I think you'd be more freaked out than anyone here is. The part that's more surprising to me is that they went home and like chilled. Like the fact that they didn't go. No, we are sailor scouts until this shit is done. Like we can't leave a crystal in the middle of the city. This is crazy. But instead they go, they all go, oh, we got to go home and rest. Well, maybe it's just because of, maybe it's just because I've been down on R lately. And and because I've been like, I, you know, I love the Spectre sisters and they don't like, they're good, but they don't do as much as I remember. And then I love Esmeralda and she's good. And she clearly does not do as much as I remembered. She eats cake. And and now I'm just, she just, just has some cake. Uh, (laughs) And now I'm like, I'm like, why is everyone treating this as a big deal? Maybe it's just me, but we get this scene and then we get a very similar scene from Mercury later yes. that feels like it, it feels like they're trying very hard to assure us, the viewers, that this is a big deal without it actually. And I, I and again, I know it's I know it's probably me because we've seen the devastated future. Yeah, I don't think you're imagining what the future or what the what it would be like if a giant mountain of evil dark crystal grew up in the middle of your city. Well, it would disrupt traffic. It would disrupt traffic, yes. I think it's a fair point that their plan does seem to be, though, to go and talk to Chibiusa. That's like... No, I don't even know that they have a plan. I guess that's kind of true. But, like, when they... Their whole, like, save her thing, because they do talk about it when they get together before before they enter the crystal. Like, all they want to do is talk to her, right? Like, I don't well, think they sure. even know they that they're going to have to no. fight anybody. They don't know what it's going to be. I mean, they don't. They know Diamond exists. They, yeah, they know that that he's going to be there. Yeah, but they don't know what's going to happen because last thing they saw. I mean, again, last time they saw Diamond, even they had a an understanding because it was when Diamond just walked through and picked up his dead brother and then left, and they didn't fight. They all just kind of like went, "Yeah, sorry about your brother." The Molly thing, what, I, what I, my favorite part about it is her going, is there anything I can do? Is there anything you need? And in my mind, I'm imagining her being like, do you need energy? Because I've got <laughs> really <laughs> pristine energy. It's real good stuff. But that's not what happens. Yeah, I, I think maybe part of the problem is also that it kind of seems like Naru's been watching the show. <laughs> 
Because Nara's like, like, like Nara's kind of acting like, wow, your daughter turned evil. That's <laughs> weird. I'm sorry that happened to you. And it's like, she doesn't, like, she doesn't know that, that Wicked, she shouldn't know that Wicked Lady exists. <laughs> I don't think. She doesn't. She doesn't say that. I don't know. Look, maybe I'm grumpy. Maybe I'm grumpy. It is, despite all of that, I think the Mercury part bothers me a little more. Because, again, like, Naru, as a as a civilian, yes, should be absolutely concerned about this giant black crystal glorium in the middle of Tokyo. But I, I think it's the this combined with the Mercury scene later that we'll talk about. But, yeah, on its own and in its in its context, this is a very bittersweet and very revealing scene for Naru, and I like that that exists. I liked how it was uh, laid out visually, too, with, like, their their mm-hmm. faces transposed over the city and all of that. It was very, very pretty and, uh, like, put a, a solid emotional beat at the front of the episode. But the thing of it is, it's a great scene, and I think, but I think they had to kind of bend over backwards and be weird in order to make it happen. Sure. Because, like I said, it makes no sense. Like, what is Yusaki doing? Where is she running to, and why? <laughs> like, I... I don't know. They had a little moment before that where they flash back, except I, we never saw before, to Tuxedo Mask going, hey, uh, you know, you and the girls, try again later. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, so she's just, at the beginning of the episode, she leaves Naru and she's just like, okay, gotta run now, gotta go somewhere. Like, there doesn't seem to be a time crunch. And if there was, why did you go home and sleep? Oh, well. So then we cut to Nemesis. Back to the future in Nemesis. I think. Uh, it's definitely Nemesis. I don't know if it's the future. Or maybe it's inside the crystal. Honestly, they confuse all this stuff. It's inside the crystal. It's inside the crystal. At some point, they talk about being... Uh, whatever. It's fine. They're in the crystal then. Fine. Whatever. We keep calling it the crystal. Its proper name is the Bullific Black Crystal. I'm so sorry. Which... which well, which I, well, I, I mentioned that because I do like that it stands in contrast to the legendary silver crystal. Yes, that is true. That it has uh, that, you know, that that def- definite adjective that always goes before it. The prolific. Yeah. So uh, Diamond is in there in the uh, demand is in the crystal chilling. And except, oh, by the way, he's in the crystal looking at the crystal. Like, there's a lot of things that they refer to as the crystal, but whatever. And then Wise Man shows up and he's like, hey. And, and Diamond's like, you got a lot of balls showing up here after you fucking killed my brother. Yeah. He, he's like, hey, why did you kill my brother? And Wise Man's <laughs> like, don't worry about that. <laughs> he says, we, hey, we have worked hard to rewrite the history of this world. And I was like, and failed utterly. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> in no capacity have you done that. So, okay. Anyway. And Demand gets super, he's super steamed. There's no resolution. He's just no, no about it. Yeah. He just keeps uh, sp- spinning it in all sorts of bullshit ways. Yep, yep. And then, yeah, the resolution of the scene is pretty much just like, we will table this and return to it. Oh, uh, this is the first time we see a uh, uh, black lady or a wicked lady in the episode. Uh, when he shows a, uh, an image of her saying that she has uh, she has reached her peak, and I said, "Oh, she's reached her peak energy." Someone called Nephrite. <laughs> <laughs> Stars have aligned. We can we can harvest her. She might be a little too old for Nephrite. <laughs> <laughs> she's nine hundred years old. I suppose that is a little old. So yeah, yeah, and then he, and yeah, again, he just keeps being like, "No, seriously, why did you kill him?" And he's like, "He was a dick. Like, don't worry about it." <laughs> I think my favorite response from Wiseman in this scene is 
Saphir's death was a minor event. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, yes, I killed your brother, but that's the past. It's not a big deal. Why are you acting like me murdering your brother in front of you is such a big deal? Okay, uh, let's talk about Wise Man for just a second, because what I wrote down was Wise Man Visionaries, but I'm wrong. It's not Visionaries, because he reminded me of a toy from when I was young, and it wasn't Visionaries. Visionaries had holograms, but this was another toy that had a hologram. It was like a little, short, cloaked figure with a hologram inside of it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. Sounds cool, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, man. We definitely have people listening who are, like, screaming the name at us. Oh, my God. I just tweet in and tell us what toy Jordan is thinking of. You don't have to scream. We can't hear you. Supernaturals. Let me see if I can find a good image of this. Now, while you're doing that, uh, Kat, have you heard my theory that Wise Man is Jedi? No, I'd love to. Please tell me this. Well, you know, Jedi doesn't die. Right. Jedi goes into eternal sleep uh, in the in the anime. I guess that, and I guess that happens in the manga too. Like all the other uh, yeah. generals die. Yeah. Jedi goes into eternal sleep. Now there is a part in this show when they're talking about the uh, the rise of Queen Serenity and how there was an ice age, and how everyone in the world went to eternal sleep, and then Queen Serenity, Neo Queen Serenity, wakes everyone up from their sleep. Uh, so I so think she think wakes up Jedi. Yeah, that's the. The only thing that I was thinking to contradict it is I'm like, well, but uh, what's his face? But wise man was a human. I'm like, but Jedi was a human. Oh, my God. This could work. It's true. See, it all lines up. It does line up. There's no reason that, man, Jedi would have to be bitter. Dude. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) You think Jedi would have to be bitter? Well, it's a big leap for his character. I know. (laughs) We're going to hear about this. And that's um, okay. why, and that, in my theory, that is why uh, all the Spectre sisters are basically going around trying to take over small businesses. <laughs> it's, it's a solid strategy. <laughs> all right, take a look at the link I sent you. It was a, a line called Supernaturals, and they had, there was, there, these were not the only figures, but part of, half of the line was like, oh, these oh that's little cool. cloaked dudes with holograms in them. And so this is what, this is what, uh, wise man looks like to me is it this episode we start seeing the the skull inside of his yeah yes we get like some lightning flashes and we start seeing a skull underneath his robe which is actually really cool it actually yes. looks really <laughs> awesome looks a little cooler than these supernaturals <laughs> yeah yeah these are not i mean some of the holograms are pretty well done if you look at the details but uh yeah they're a little i mean the killer. weird thing is that the bodies have arms and then some of the holograms also have arms yes it doesn't make a lot of sense I like the ghost one. The go- I like the ghost one. Yeah. The other half of the line, if I remember correctly, was that you would get a, um, a, a regular figure. Oh, here, here we go. That had a, 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 a face and a chest, but you could take the face and the chest off and there would be a hologram in that, too. I wonder how long it took for Jedi as wise men to stop being into seducing young women. That wasn't, that wasn't Jedi's thing, though. Oh, that was that was, was Nephrite's thing. Was that only like a comics thing? Because that was a Jedi thing. Oh, I guess, maybe. maybe there was the kind of like possible romance between him and Sailor Moon uh, in the one episode in the cruise episode. But uh, not really. Cool. Well, then, hey, more more to it. More to your theory. 
Yeah, so we do see a little bit of uh, of Wise Man under the under his robe, and I, I, like I said, I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, it's weird that he doesn't have skeleton hands if he has a skeleton head or a skull, as that is sometimes called. <laughs> it's like a it's like a haunted mansion effect where we only see the skeleton when lightning happens. I guess I guess maybe so, or maybe he's like Skeletor, where he has a skeleton face but like a super buff body. Oh, also, this scene has a comedy ending. Just so you know. <laughs> That neither me nor my wife were able to watch this scene without, because it's the classic Wise Man and Diamond are talking and Wise Man's like, no, everything's going to be cool. Don't worry about it. And Diamond's like, fine, I'm, I'm leaving. And then Wise Man is like, oh man, I'm super going to kill you, asshole. What a fucking idiot. And then we're just like, I'm still here. <laughs> I can still hear you. He says it immediately after Diamond just steps out of frame. He is only four to five feet away. Uh, so from there, we cut to everybody, uh, all of the, the Sailor Senshi, all of the scouts, uh, in the middle of the Juban district, looking up at the Malefic Black Crystal. And Luna says, and I quote, I'm worried about Tuxedo Mask, who snuck inside. Hey, that would have been a cool thing to see. <laughs> that would have been nice. They just had to drop that. Yeah. They just had to drop that knowledge so that you'll understand why he shows up later. Well, I can't, you know, I'm really worried about Tuxedo Mask, who went on this daring suicide mission to infiltrate the <laughs> Malefic Black Crystal. Yeah, and he told them to try again later, remember? He was like, I'm going to go and you guys try again later. Yeah, like, again, maybe we should have seen that. Maybe that could have been an interesting thing to see. I don't know why you're so obsessed with seeing interesting action scenes. Yeah, I, I know, like, look... The rule is tell, don't show, right? Do I have that right? Well, let me ask you this, Chris. Uh -huh. Would you sacrifice any of this episode for more scenes of Mamoru? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. How much of this show do we dedicate to him on his own? Well, it, maybe if he was doing interesting things. <laughs> like <But> hang gliding? <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like he probably does interesting things. Oh, frequently. Tuxedo Mask has to do stuff, right? <laughs> he was a he was a superhero before most of the girls well, were. He was a superhero is a questionable term. He was a powered person. <laughs> yes, he had powers. Uh, we kind of know what some of that power set is. I bet a bunch of it's stealth because he seems to be good at infiltrating stuff. Yeah, and standing on flagpoles and shit. And we have... We we never get to see it because it's not about him. We just never see him do stuff. Okay, look, look. It's I'm fine if we don't see him doing stuff and he just shows up later and he's like, you know, and he throws some roses and says some inspirational quotes and, and hangs a successory on the wall or whatever. Uh, but then don't have the cats mention it. Don't have the no, cats that's so that's that's so that when he shows up later, we don't go, how the fuck did he get in here? It's like, no, no. He we know always shows up. He always shows up. Not inside of the crystal. We do not need crystal. further okay. explanation. Just all you need to do is read an issue of Batman where Batman breaks in somewhere. <laughs> and that's what happened. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? That's completely unrelated <laughs> to anything going on here, same. Jordan. So um, not only do the cats just be like, hey, there's a cool, exciting scene going on somewhere. Let's jump face first into this thing. Oh. <laughs> Why do the cats go first? <laughs> and then so many little red bruises appear all over their bodies. 
It's terrible. Yeah, they get zapped hard. They jump face first into the black crystal, and they there's a there's a like a force field lightning style effect, and then uh, they are thrown off. Luna slides on her face along the concrete. Not only do I want to know why the cats had to go first, because you'd think again one of the actual superheroes would do that. Number two, I want to know again why aren't they in their scout costumes? Why are they in their school uniforms and Shrine Maiden outfit? There's a, clearly a giant emergency happening. Everyone is very casual about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, Rey was in her Shrine uniform. So that means not only did she go home to rest, she went home to rest and said, I'll do some work, too. Like, I mean, I got to put in a few hours. There's a giant crystal. <laughs> look, look, the, the, you got you to gotta maintain that shrine. Grandpa's not doing it anymore. Oh. He's got to clean up. So they all get ready to transform, and then Ami stops them and says, Hey, I wish we could have had cake one last time before we all go die. <laughs> Wait, doesn't she say at the arcade? She says at Crown, which is the yeah, name of the arcade. Like, which apparently that's why I was also cake, Which means I want to go there. <laughs> I, like, in, the, the, in my new home, there's a really cool barcade that I, I went to when I was up here visiting a couple months ago. It's awesome. That's a great idea to, you know, have old school arcade games and, and drinks and hang out with friends. And that's, that's awesome. But if instead of booze, it was cake, if it was like <laughs> a bakery cake, bakery cade, that would like, that's way better. Yeah. I don't drink. I would be there all the time at that bakery arcade though. Sign me up. Yes. Yeah. Another thing I think is funny about what Amy says is she says this thing about, I wish we could have had cake at the arcade one more time. And everybody gives a real serious kind of look. And then she says, that's just something I wanted to say when the time came. (laughs) So I'm like, wait, so did she mean it? Or was she just like, I got something deep I can say when shit's real. (laughs) I'm going to try. It's going to be great. And again, I don't understand why, like, I know demand is a badass, allegedly. <laughs> I know that that wise man is 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 tough. I just don't get why why they should be more worried now than they were when they fought all the Spectre Sisters and Rubius at the same time, and like and they got new music for it. Yeah, my, that's my problem with with this. I wish we could have is that it's all very past tense. Uh, it's like Ami, you really think this is the end? This yep. this encounter right now is it for you guys? Why are the stakes this high? It doesn't feel like the stakes are this high. And Ami's one hundred percent sure they're gonna die. <laughs> no, no, that's what it is. That's what it is. She planned. She thought of this really good line to use when they're gonna die. So now she's just been keyed up for it. And she's like, every time she's like, "Is this it? Is this it? Should I say it now? No, 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 no. We're gonna be." Okay what if? Time. What if like? What if they were getting ready to fight like? A kitchen monster with like pots and pans for hands and like a microwave body and like like a like a like a egg beater gun and Ami was just like, hey, wish we could have had uh wish we could have gone out and had one last meal together. One last time. Like, what if she was just in it at any random monster? Like, you know, I, the or, barbershop or, monster shows up and she's like, no, no, I'm thinking about Hey, thanks for everything. 
she's had this line since before the cake one. And so during the actual cake one, she was like, it better not be this fucking time because it'll sound really stupid. <laughs> it won't work. <laughs> if we're going to die fighting this cake monster, I can't be like, we should have had cake. We just had cake. Hey, uh. <laughs> this, is my, this is my new army voice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, what, I don't know what happened there. Hey, uh. Before, before we go fight this, uh. This uh, amusement park monster. <laughs> just want you to know that uh, it's been an honor serving with you. <laughs> <laughs> Over dramatic comedy is my my new favorite thing. All the girls go. No, we'll we'll go back and we'll get cake. It'll be fine. <laughs> like we'll have a lot of cake. It'll be an amazing amount of cake. And then and then Makoto Makoto says, as she does, the most amazing thing. She goes, okay, let's protect peace and have cake. Yeah. I love her. She's the best. They, let's protect peace and have cake. Um, Put that on a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, that's actually a pretty good t-shirt. Uh, designers, get on it. Also, in the Deke dub, uh, they changed cake discussion to cheesecake. I don't know why. I guess they just decided cheesecake was uh, more tempting. I just want they, to have cheesecake one more time. When, when uh, at the end of this scene, in a minute, uh, when they all are leaving, Artemis goes, uh, Luna's like, in the deke dub, Luna's like, um, I, hope, I hope they make it. And Artemis goes, with the promise of cheesecake, they'll win, they'll win this fight. Fuck off, Artemis. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <No>. dick. <laughs> so then we I get a scene asshole. of the transformation. Oh, wait, wait, and wait. I, real real oh, quick, wait, Jordan. Real quick, Jordan. Please, please. We're, at this point, two and a half episodes away from the end of the season. No, wait, actually, before you get to that, I think you should say the cheesecake line, because we got so much response to your Artemis voice. I can never do an impression that good again. <laughs> Everyone was blown away. People were like, how did you do that Artemis impression? Like, were you working on that? I literally just, in the moment... Somehow did a perfect impression of Artemis, and now I can never do it again. So you can't do it again? Oh, man. You gotta practice in the shower now. See if you can do it. <laughs> Cue it up. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> so, at this point, we're, we're two and a half episodes away from the end of the season. We gotta, we gotta fight Prince Demand. We gotta fight Wise Man. We gotta save the future. Uh, rescue Chibiusa, make sure Chibiusa gets back to the future okay, rescue Neo-Queen Serenity, and restore King Endymion to his physical form. Um, we've got to deal with the Malefic Black Crystal. We've got to do all this stuff and, and somehow resolve all the plot. Uh, we do not have a lot of time. You know, 50 <laughs> minutes total. So what we should do is show everyone's transformation sequence in full. <laughs> Spliced together, at least. You're right. That is what we it, should do. It takes, it legit takes at least three minutes. It does. It does. Now, I, here's the thing I want to talk about about this. I've talked about it once before, but this, this episode showed it again, and I'm standing by my assessment. If they just yell out Mercury power or Mars power, they get free manicures. Because, because... Oh, they didn't have it beforehand? No, because they hold up their hands and they say, Mercury power! And then they go, Mars power! And then they go, Jupiter power! And the only thing that happens is their wand appears and their fingernails all get painted. And then they show them all together and they all mm -hmm. go, make up! And then they transform. So I think anytime they need their nails done, they can just go, Mercury power! And then it's like, bam, instant blue nail polish. 
It's a really good power. <laughs> but okay, so say you do that. Say, say yeah. I'm like, okay, Mercury, Mercury star power. And it's like, okay, cool. Uh, that's done. And then we like, we're hanging out and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to go to Sephora? And they're like, oh, what do you need this for? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I need some like cleanser, some toner, some makeup. And like, as soon as I say makeup, I trigger the rest of a transformation sequence. <laughs> and it's like, oh, <laughs> now I got to go protect love and justice and have cake. Well, a, so you don't think it has to be the next words. You think it can be, <laughs> is there a time? Sorry. <laughs> what do you think it is? I think they're putting it in the chamber. <laughs> I, think, I think the next time they say makeup, it goes off. So then that's even better. Like they, they're going to Sephora and being like, do you have face painting stuff? Because they can't say it. Hey, uh, what am I going to tell Haruna? I didn't finish my homework. It's like, oh, just make up something. Oh, no, here we are. <laughs> Once again, fire is erupting around me. And, and now I have to pose. So my thought on... The uh, the elongated transformation sequence, because I was thinking about this while watching the new Voltron, because they, they show Voltron transform all the time, and it's not a budgetary need at this point. This is a modern show. They're clearly just doing it because they like to show the full sequence um, because of the nostalgia of these things of us watching them growing up, and who knows what else. Um, but, like, do you think... It wouldn't feel to them like the conclusion of the arc if we didn't see the transformation sequence. I mean, it, like if it, there should be, there should be a full transformation sequence here. You know, that like for all of my griping, I think you're right. But it also like maybe because this episode, maybe because this episode's been structured so weirdly. Maybe it because is. they've been just kind of hanging out while this crystal has just yeah. erupted through Tokyo. Maybe because, you know, they like we, we've had all these weird... Like, the transformation gets interrupted so that Ami can talk about cake for a little bit. And <laughs> and meanwhile, Tuxedo Mask is, like, metal-gearing his way through <laughs> this crystal nightmare. Like, it, it just feels... It feels weird. And it feels weirder than it should. But let me, let me, let me uh, argue with one of your points, which is that... They don't need to do this for budget reasons. They probably do. Or at the very least, they like celebrate it. They like, I'm sure they're like, look at what we just saved on this minute. So they're probably very excited for budget reasons. Yeah, that's absolutely true. What if we did do like a Star Wars Minute style podcast and we just like, well, this is the 87th (laughs) time we've had to talk about this transformation sequence. Do do you notice anything new? (laughs) Oh, look at her. Look at her ankle. I never like noticed the divot in her ankle before. That's interesting. I mean, look, we, we've already gone, like, pretty in-depth on Jupiter's. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. So, anyway, let's, get, let's go with the rest of the episode. They transform, and Sailor Moon goes, Hey, remember when Luna and Artemis ran face-first into this thing? That looked like fun. I think I'll try it. Exact same thing happens. She runs face-first into it, gets electrocuted, and planted on the pavement. Without a lot of terrible red bruises all over her body, though. That's true. That's true. I don't know why they didn't just use their power that we all know they have to combine their powers and teleport into crystals. They will. Which is that power that they have? That we all know they have? (laughs) We all know they have that power? Because, what? yeah, what happens first is Sailor Moon goes, Oh, you know when I just ran into it face first and it didn't work? I just wasn't trying hard enough. So she just walks up and is just like, I'm going to just walk into it and brace myself. And somehow 
Can you explain to me how the lightning cuts her face? Because the lightning cuts her face. <laughs> yeah. You know, either you know that or tuxedo mask <laughs> threw a rose and missed and did, it was like, oh shit, I'm out of here. Sorry, babe. <laughs> you're so cool. Sorry, babe. All right, I'll see you later. But no, you're right. They use Sailor Teleport again and it's different again because it's different every time they use it. Yeah, because it's not a power they have. Because <laughs> they just, like, I mean, look, I was about to say they just make shit up. I know it's all made up. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Crystals aren't real, Chris. Crystals aren't real. I mean, magic moon crystals aren't real, Jordan, but crystals are very much real. Crystals are very real. Sure. So yeah, they they use Sailor Teleport, which turns them into Glinda the Good Witch. <laughs> and they they bubble on into the Malefic Black Crystal. Uh, which, like, why don't they, like, why don't they just use Sailor Planet power right now and destroy this thing? If we're just, if they're going to be using their weird made up powers. But Chris, then you wouldn't get this pratfall. This is amazing. This is literally the best thing in this episode. After Naru, uh, revealing that she knows Usagi's secret. They're inside the crystal and, uh, they're like, oh, it's a maze in here. And Usagi's like super determined. She's like, yeah, let's go. And... Ami goes, Sailor Moon, it's dangerous to walk around in here. And then Sailor Moon immediately steps into a hole and falls. <laughs> uh, the thing that I loved about this scene was that uh, it wasn't just like she fell in a hole that was there and she wasn't paying attention. A hole opened up directly under her that was specifically Usagi sized. Yeah. That it was just like a little circle in the floor that also then like marble slided her through the crystal and then closed back up so that the other scouts were still in that that hallway. So like, good job, Ami, warning her. But there was nothing that she could have done. It was very, it was very slapsticky and really over the top. I don't think that they could have made it more just like <laughs> perfectly circular hole. Uh, if they tried. So she she goes down this slide, lands on her feet, like I said, very impressively, and ends up face to face with her creeper. It is Prince Demand still uh, uh, looking her up and down in those dirty ways that he does. Diamond's like, oh, it's good to see you again. Yeah. Uh. Both you and your crystal are going to be mine. Yeah, it's... He... <sighs> <laughs> For a guy who does like some really cool like jumping off the ceiling moves, <laughs> he does do that. Uh, he then immediately gets like, like yeah, I'm gonna have you and Black Lady, and it's like, um, is that what he says? He does. Ew. First he says, you know, like show your allegiance to me with a kiss. Oh, that's what I want to like, do. Tries kiss to, of allegiance. I mean, come on, we got to talk about the kiss of allegiance. Tries to like d- deal with all that. Uh. But then, like, later he does say that. Okay. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. That's he, our act break, too, is whether whether uh, Sailor Moon is going to be hypno-kissed. Yeah. He opens up his third eye. He turns her pupils into big blue Mirror circles. Pupils, yeah. yeah. And uh, he says, yeah, show your allegiance with a kiss. And she's like, kiss of allegiance. <laughs> I, th- I think she says that in the, the Deke version. I don't think I don't think that's I don't think she does. I don't No, in fact, they don't even they don't even uh, say he's going to kiss her in the Deke version. They're they're like pledge your allegiance or something or like pledge your your loyalty to me or something like that. 
Yeah, they they take out a little bit of the uh, the the sexiness uh, of the scene, if, uh, so to speak. I, uh, I find it sexy, but you know what I'm saying? Sexualness. The the strong sexual content. Right, right. Rated M for mature. So yeah, he's like, show your allegiance with a kiss, and he's like, all right, let's lean in and do this. And she starts crying, uh, which is what you want girls to do when you're about to kiss them. But uh, basically, uh, again. Uh, She's able to just break herself out of it and go, what? No, you're not the, the one I love. She, she thinks of, uh, of her true love, Mamoru, and uh, she's able to overpower his brainwashing. That was super cool. I also like that she immediately says, like, no, that's not going to work again. I yeah. figured out that power set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she says, you, you, yeah, this is gross. Like, brain, you can't make someone love you. Uh, that's not. True That's love. That's not and, love, yeah. And he's like, there's no such thing as true love, so it doesn't matter. I just want to kiss you. <laughs> I don't care if you want it. Uh, he's, he's gross. He also says love is power. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. I had a question about that. Please. Um, do you think that that's... Because that was super gross and agreed. Yes. He does some <laughs> he does some cool things and then he does this nonsense, which is the grossest stuff. And uh, we're going to leave the blame on him um, where it belongs. But also, do we think that some of this is like Wiseman rhetoric because of long time of him like poisoning people with because like the thing that he seems to do is give them all this this bullshit. And, and a set of earrings. Yes. Um, no, you're right. I mean, by the end of the episode, Usagi, in her true superpower, will forgive him. Because, again, like I said, that's her superpower. And, and she is sad that he dies and things like that. And part of that is because Wiseman has been lying to him and has been... Like, there's so many things later in the episode where he's like, well, this is the way things are. And she's like, no, that's not the way things are. And he's like, oh, crap, I've been lying. I've been lied to this whole time. So there's probably some sort of dark influence on him. But yeah, but he's still responsible for the things. No, that he he's does. completely responsible for the things <laughs> that he does. He's being a complete creeper and should cut this stuff out. This is disgusting. Here's here's what I don't get about the scene is that Damon says love is power. And Usagi says power doesn't solve anything. When I feel like what Usagi should say is, yes, love is power. Because that's my power. That's like, that's, and, and it's, it's giving me the power to resist your bullshit. Right, right. Yeah. Like, that feels like something you saw you should say more than, more than like, no, you're wrong. Power <laughs> like, solves nothing, she says, which is weird. But that's because, okay, so the reason that she says power, I mean, the reason she takes that other take is because, again, their whole thing is Nemesis is going to destroy everyone on Earth. Uh, we're going to kill everyone, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and she says, but no, power solves nothing. You didn't need to fight us. We could just be friends. Like, that's, again, that's what, that's her answer to everything. We could all just be friends. Yes. And he goes, well, no, we can't, because you guys were mean to us first, remember? Like, you guys kicked us off. And she's like, that sounds like bullshit. And he's like, well, that's what wise man said. Oh, fuck. He was lying, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, like, she literally goes, why do you just want to conquer everything? Have you ever thought about just coexisting yeah and demon's like like what <laughs> like that's an option <laughs> like he's, he's never considered it he's never considered like not like wait 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 you mean not killing everyone <laughs> huh um, oh i feel like he has though that's the, the all the tragedy of the of his people has been cut away 
in this. Why well, sure. should really dicked them over? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and you know, and the and the Black Moon sisters, uh, the Spectre sisters, I mean, have shown us that they can be redeemed and they can become better people who are good. I mean, again, it's not like the Spectre sisters didn't do terrible things. They tried to murder people. They tried to murder a baby. That's pretty evil. <laughs> Among well, them. I guess a toddler. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like I do feel like when Sailor Moon is like, yeah. Yeah, dude, even the Spectre sisters are, like, fine now? Like, I feel like Damon should be like, eh, I don't really want to go get, like, a retail job, though. <laughs> like, I, I'm royalty, so I'm just going to kill everybody, I think. Well, except that he does come around, and that's when Wise Man pops up to be like, hey, are you a fool who listens to the words of a girl? Ugh. <laughs> oh. And then Diamond's like, whoa, whoa, I didn't know we were sexist here. Come on. <laughs> and then they fight. Uh, yeah, and they have a big fight, uh, shooting back and forth, a bunch of energy. You know how that can go. And uh, Wise Man reveals that he is not concerned about Diamond because he works with a death phantom. At which point, Usagi does do the death phantom, <laughs> she says, sitting there watching them doing nothing. <laughs> I will say I do like the fight. Like the fight actually does look really cool. Sure. Um, mainly because the, you know, like Sailor Moon in general is good at fight scenes and it's good at like, you know, these big energy attacks. And it's always nice when we see one that we haven't seen a million times. Like we, we've seen Sailor Moon's attacks, e even her, her current ones, like 20, 30 times at this point. You know, how many times have we seen Fire Soul or, or, Mercury bubbles or double bubble spray freezing even. So it's cool to see like new attacks show up because uh, it's always like they always do a really solid job with them, I think. And their fight is very the, the fight between Demond and Wiseman is very Dragon Ball. There's a lot of teleporting. There's a lot of shooting energy and, and having conversations. I think it really works well. I like it. Oh, you know what? I just realized, you know, you know where there, there was room for them on Earth. They could have just lived in the model home. <laughs> The model home? There's an open model home? Yeah, uh, from Arrested Development. I'm going back to that's, the Black Moon Clan being... Uh, wow, that's, <laughs> you're, go, you're referencing a reference we made like like 12 weeks ago. But it made me happy every time. Okay, good, good. So he gets... Uh, Diamond gets stabbed and his uh, his blood just kind of like lightly pinks his, uh, his outfit a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. Diamond gets <laughs> stabbed? No. Usagi uses her superpower, which is put a man in front of her so that she doesn't <laughs> get stabbed. <laughs> That's what happens. Use, use nearest available Y chromosome as a human shield. Because for some reason... Halfway through the fight, um, Wiseman decides to attack her instead, um, and she's not reacting. She's still in her yeah, she's nothing. <laughs> she's in death her death up. phantom <laughs> fugue state. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and uh, Diamond gets gets stabbed, and that makes him mad enough to win the fight, because then he shatters Wiseman with his next attack. Uh, Which looks real cool. Yeah, oh yeah. It does look real cool. And then Wiseman's like bedsheet floats to the ground along with the crystal ball. 
Then we get uh, two things at once. We get the the, the deathbed reconciliation, uh, where, as I said, Yuzagi gets to like kind of be concerned about him all of a sudden and be like, Diamond, we can't win this without you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> where what? did that come from? I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? He, you just <laughs> turned him good a second ago, and you formulated a whole plan? Yeah, it's all, you're, the, you're the linchpin now. Anyway, so he gets to be... I, I also like how Demond is like... Oh hey, sorry. Um, like wise man tricked me, and I guess I killed a lot of people. <laughs> I guess I killed like a lot of people though. You be, but like it was I was tricked. And then he he ends by saying uh, he loves, and then dies. Meanwhile, at, while that's happening, we get uh, the low budget Terminator Two across the room, where all the fragments of Wise Man slug their way under his robe and reform into Wise Man again, so that. Uh, then Usagi can have her turn fighting Wise Man. Yes. The thing that I liked about this scene, which we'll talk about, we'll talk more about this later, but um, he he got her to promise that she'd take care of the, the Black Moon Clan. In a move that I feel is not brought up again. I feel like he put it out there yeah. and she is like, yes, this is obviously very important. And then well, we there just... aren't very many of them left. No, there's not. And uh, like, it makes sense to me for what it is in the comic because of the relationship with them in the future. But it's so interesting that they retained that in the anime for no reason. Because I feel like they just don't ever come back to it again. Wiseman, who was just shooting like energy knives around mm -hmm. like a minute ago, yes. uh, decides like, I'm just going to I'm just going to strangle you. <laughs> Except again, he just rolls over and starts throttling Usagi, and Usagi literally just goes, "Wise man, what is your problem?" And then he just decides not <laughs> to strangle her. Like it's working. <laughs> he just stops. Uh, so then, my favorite part is then he goes, "Hey, you know what? Uh, you know what Tuxedo Mask is doing right now? Uh. He's a uh, he's hanging out with uh, with Wicked Lady. Oh, we're not done photoshopping that image yet." Oh, uh, well, here's a picture of them together from before. Let's get, just give me a minute. Give me a minute. Because uh, I was weirded out by the fact that he's like, guess what, she, guess what he's doing right now? Walking with his daughter. But didn't you age her into like a 20-year-old? Is isn't she older now? He's hanging out with Chibiusa and Black Lady. <laughs> yeah. And they all hate you. <laughs> what? She should just be like, well, that's not... I don't believe you. That's bullshit. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's right, Batman. Catwoman's hanging out with Robin and Dick Grayson. <laughs> and they all say you smell. No! Uh, <laughs> so then, but then after a moment, yes, it fades to an actual image of Tuxedo Mask and Wicked Lady. And uh, that's when it gets gross. Th yeah, then they smooch. And I don't want, look, can we move on? <laughs> we actually can't. <laughs> that's, I'm so sorry that we have to talk about this, but we do have to talk about this. Please. Because uh, we have to talk about the comics and why it was included. Um, because it's gross and terrible. And, uh, like, Usagi, to her credit, like, instantly is like, um, no, this isn't happening. This didn't happen. Can we move on? And <laughs> breaks out of it, and the scene kind of ends with her having that that cool victory over him, um, just by going, "No, pretty sure the people I love aren't doing that. That's the worst." Um, but uh, which also happens in the comic. But she also goes through this internal monologue step that we don't get. That kind of talks about 
a lot of her behavior with uh, Chibiusa prior to this that I don't feel that we get in the show ever. Um, where she talks about how her love of Mamoru has been really like cloying and possessive and jealous throughout all of this. And she's been heaping a bunch of this on his relationship with Chibiusa. Um, and she's like, I used to be a person who was jealous of them, but now I'm not. And now I understand that this is impossible. Um, and that's super cool. That's oh, super yeah. cool that she had that moment and is like, I'm not a jealous person anymore. And that's not real love. That, that is nice. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a, I think it's a great message to, to send to everyone. And it adds a lot also to like... They do a lot of stuff with Chibiusa and Mamoru that's like, uh, why are you, why? Why is this so, like, father-daughter creepy? Please stop. Um, but that moment makes it clear that, oh, it was never them. It was always, uh, it was always Usagi just being in her head and being, like, a 14-year-old about this stuff. And it's really cool to me, that they go through that, that they bother going through that arc in the comics, and the fact that they do none of that in the show and instead just accost us with this terrible image uh, is the worst, is the worst thing. My favorite part of the scene is that while that's happening, uh, as part of his brainwashing, his instructions to her is, loathe everything, Sailor Moon. <laughs> Sam. Loathe <Same>. everything. <laughs> Uh, so Usagi does like go like, yeah, that's like really fake. <laughs> that's like super fake, dude. And then Wiseman's like, fine, I'm just gonna stab you then. But then <gasps> these daggers of black energy, this pitchfork of jagged black lightning, is diverted uh, with a single rose. <laughs> da -da -dum Hooray! Good thing. And his tuxedo mask. But how did he get well, in here? Well, he had gotten in, as established, he had gotten in there previously. Oh, right, right. That was my only question with this episode. We can move on. <laughs> and then the Sailor Scouts show up and are like, we're here too, and announce all their names. Because they love to do that. They do love to do that. That's their fave. And then uh, Wiseman basically just goes, uh, look, we could have a whole fight and all, but that doesn't benefit me. I'm leaving. <laughs> Well, I, I, things are already on track for me to win. So peace. And that's what happens. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yep. that's the episode, right? Well, then, then Tuxedo Mask goes, follow me, everybody. And they run upstairs and they're at the center of the black gate and, and Wicked Lady emerges. Yeah, yeah. They go, we have to go to the black gate. And he goes, I know where that is because I have been on this grand. Because yep. <laughs> I've been previously sneaking around. Uh, as previously mentioned, but not shown. <laughs> yes. And a uh, black lady shows up and says, I'm a herald of Galactus, and uh, he will devour this world shortly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the record, black lady still looks awesome. Sure. Cool. Still looks cool as hell. Yep. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, uh, quick, quick note. Uh, when, 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 uh, when Tuxedo Mask and the Scouts show up in the Deke dub, Tuxedo Mask says... I'll show you how wise you are, wise man. <laughs> and then the scouts show up and say, and don't forget us, name, 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 name. We'll show you how wise you're not. <laughs> and then Tuxedo Mask goes, that, I mean, that was kind of implicit in what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I thought that was a blast of an episode. 
Uh, I, I like all of the Usagi uh, just being strong enough to overcome brainwashing now. Well, that sounds like something that's in Final Thoughts, Jordan. Oh. But before we get to that, we have to learn things. So uh, let me ask you, Jordan, was there a Sailor Moon says in this episode? You know, there was, and I forgot to watch it, but I'm, I've got it queued up and we can listen to it now. There's got to be a better way of dealing with your fears than just screaming your head off. I own up to what I'm afraid of and try to understand why it's making me scared. Because knowledge is power, and if we understand what's making us scared, it helps make it go away, especially when we learn there's nothing to be afraid of. I like to talk to my mom, because she's afraid of some of the same things I am. It makes me feel better. Lots of adults are scared of things, too, so talk to them. It helps. Sailor Moon says... Okay, so that's not actually a bad moral for this episode, except that Usagi is not Usagi is the one who conquers her fears in this episode. She was not afraid of the lightning. She walked right into it face first. Well, I mean, and also and also like overcoming demand and and fighting wise. But also, who says that they talk to their mom? That was Mina. Okay, I was going to say, like, because Mina's the only one with a mom. But she hates her mom. She hates her mom. <laughs> her mom is uh, afraid of some of the same stuff she is, you know? <laughs> like having a disappointing daughter. Oh. So now wow. it's time for us to talk about what we learned from this episode. It's time for Sailor Business Says. Uh, Kat, we'll start with you. What did you learn from this episode? Oh, I don't know. I didn't have a thing prepared. Oh, no. <laughs> Seems like Jordan did, though. Can Jordan go first? Uh, uh, sure. Um, I learned that uh, Sailor Moon can overcome any brainwashing with the promise of cheesecake. <laughs> oh, what an asshole. <laughs> that's why. She was like, wait, if I give in, I won't get the cheesecake. Yeah, that's like, uh, that's what she Makoto said she'd buy us all you can eat. So <laughs> we're going back to that cake buffet. I learned that if you ever think you see someone hanging out with the same person at two different points in their life simultaneously, that's probably fake, even if you're in a world where time travel is real and you have recently experienced it. (laughs) And I think I've learned that uh, if the scouts ever need to get into a place, they can. So we don't have to worry about that ever again. Yeah. Because they just just can. That's true. (laughs) All right. Final thoughts on the episode. Uh, Jordan, you said you liked it. I'm I'm a little cool on it. Uh, Kat, do you have uh, any any thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm still cool on it, but I do like that Usa- the way Usagi wins both of the encounters that she has a lot. I like that she breaks out of them by trusting in her friends. It's pretty cool. I really really like the stuff with Naru at the beginning. Um, you know, but we we really went into that. I literally just do not feel like this feels like a season climax boss battle in the way that that going to fight Queen Beryl did, which is weird because I, I'm willing to accept that that might just be me. But R is such a weird season with so many boss fake outs yeah. that, you know, if they if they didn't do this when they went to go fight the Doom Tree and they didn't do this when they went to go fight Rubius then why are they so concerned when they're going to go talk to Demond, you know? Yeah, there shouldn't be that much difference between Demond and Rubius. Like, Rubius seemed like a real big deal at the time. That being said, he didn't have a giant crystal taking up half of the city. Yeah, but I mean, Jedi appeared in a hail of fire (laughs) and threw airplanes at them. That's true. (laughs) 
And he is the standard by which we judge all villains. Oh, he's he's so good. He's so good. So yeah, uh, anything else, Kat? Uh, did you want to talk about uh, Black Lady's outfit? We can. Uh, how about we do that when she shows up next time? Oh, okay. Like when she's actually yeah. in the episode. All right, because this is good. To be continued. See that I will say, demand. And Wise Man both, like, even though Wise Man has revealed that he is the servant of the actual true for real villain, neither one of them is as compelling a villain as just Black Lady, who who should be the the real final boss. So it should be when they're going to fight her that everybody is like, hey, maybe we'll get some cake. But they're <laughs> not going to fight her. They I don't want to fight. fight her. I know. I mean, but they don't want to fight her because her umbrella is too deadly. No, because of the shuttlecocks. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. I just remembered. Where the hell is Luna Ball? Well, we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> uh, Luna P? Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about Luna P. Um, I, so I have purchased the, the figure arts figure um, today. Uh, it, comes with, it comes with shuttlecocks. And I'm really... <laughs> Are you serious? That's awesome. I'm dead serious. It's amazing. That is hilarious. Ugh. Now I'm searching Amazon.com for Black Lady, which I think was... Should I maybe look for Wicked Lady? Oh, no. First result. <laughs> uh, okay, so she comes with the Luna Ball. She comes oh, with yeah. There, there's a little uh, shuttle her big, there. Her big uh, scarf that she has. And she does come with a racket and a shuttlecock. That's amazing. Oh, God, I want this figure. You know what? Yep. It's also fifty three dollars. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm putting it on the wish list. I'm I'm adding it to the wish list. I only really want the Luna Ball, or the Luna P. I do want to point out, uh, uh, one person on this podcast uh, did not get me a birthday present, Jordan, oh, which was wow. which was you know. So I just put uh, <laughs> a fifty three dollar Black Lady action figure on my Amazon wish list. Wait, Jordan. Is there a- Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm I, I'm getting your hint, <laughs> but is there a is there a wise man figure? Uh, I they haven't done any of the a, villains except for Zoicide of Sailor Moon. I don't think there's a wise man in this image of the fig arts. Yeah, I don't. I think Black Lady is the first villain that they've done for figure arts. Well, she's the one of the coolest looking ones. Like her and Gal, uh, what is it, Galaxia? And she's also she's also technically a sailor scout. So oh. Huh. Yeah, I was just like, what is that? Where did that come from? Yeah, where's he? Where do we get him? Oh, man. Not, not a lot of action in that figure, though. <laughs> no, no, no. He's just a... St- That's just why, I, on some level, I was like, does, she, does he come with her? I will tell you, for real, right now, if there was a queen barrel, I would get one immediately. Yeah. Is that figure arts? I love Beryl's design. I think she's, like, an awesome character and an awesome figure, so I would absolutely get a figure arts queen barrel. Um, real quick, it, it almost passed without mentioning, but this is the last episode with Prince Demond. Demond is dead. Yes, that was the, remember, that's the big thing that happened this episode. That's yeah, we but were like, we didn't to. really talk about it. Like, any thoughts on Prince Demond? I'm honestly glad to be rid of him. Did not like him. He's fine. He is, I think, honestly, my least favorite of all of the Black Moon Clan. Oh, really? Saphir? No, I like Saphir. I think Saphir is hilarious because Saphir only exists to tell everybody else that their plans are stupid. Uh, <laughs> so he he is he's my viewpoint character. <laughs> I was not into him. Yeah, he's dead. He's fine. <laughs> it's fine. He's dead. Don't worry about it. Well, 
Uh, we'll see you at the crossroads, Prince Demand. Cat, any any thoughts on Demand before we go? I like his design. I don't like him. I like He's his cape. Creepy. And with that, we've come to the end of Sailor Business episode 87, uh, Believing in Love in the Future, Usagi's Decision. Uh, before we wrap up for realsies, Kat, can you let everyone know where they can find you online? Oh, sure. Um, so you can find me at on Twitter at, at WolvesAreCool, where cool is spelled like my last name, K-U-H-L, or uh, at CampaignPod, which... Uh, is the account for my podcast campaign. Um, I, my podcast network can be found at oneshotpodcast.com, um, which has a variety of shows that are all pretty A-OK. I will say, if you have not listened to campaign, uh, I held off for a real long time because as, uh, as Jordan well knows, I hated Star Wars for 10 years. <laughs> uh, and then I started listening to campaign and it is legit maybe my favorite podcast right now oh heck thank you chris Gosh. It's, it, it it's uh it's an actual play star wars rpg podcast um with uh with cat as the gm and as uh my favorite character on the show uh lintel oh really oh yeah Lynn's my favorite Lynn's my favorite heck. by far i saw your cosplay of her that was my favorite <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah. did cosplay as, as Lynn briefly during Aiden the Aiden showed me that. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's very it's very easy to cosplay as a Twilight if you happen to have some tights laying around. Uh, no, like, of uh, course, of course, Lynn is my favorite. She's uh, the former glam rocker who is currently Indiana Jones. Yep. <laughs> so that's basically the field. That's our podcast. Uh, that's the, the short pitch I give to everyone is uh, three men and a baby in space. That's that's the show. Yeah, Can't it's uh, so if you uh, if you like podcasts and I assume you do, uh, definitely, definitely go listen to campaign. It's uh, an endless series of delights. And Kat is an amazing GM. Uh, John Rogers okay. uh, said that Kat was the best GM he'd ever heard. Ever. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good show, and I'm I'm glad we got to have you on. Now that I've listened to it, <laughs> well, thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Awesome. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. You can find our producer Jake Mason at JJ underscore Mason. He's got two other podcasts. One is called The Morphin Grid. One is called, I believe, Pokemon World Tour. Is that right? Yes, and he also has a third oh, one called cool. Pokemon World Tour United. Oh, Pokemon World Tour United. Are you, are you a I, fan of Pokemon? Yeah. Well, I'm a fan of also Pokemon World Tour. That's awesome. Good job, those We're people. Just, just happy podcasting, friends. <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as the ISB. That's T-H-E-I-S-B. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business. And you can email the show, of course, at SailorBusinessPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, which you should absolutely do if you have any thoughts, any Sailor Moon merchandise, any answers to the questions we have, <laughs> which are many. <laughs> uh, and um, I, I've got a lot of people lined up already for S, but if you are interested in being a guest in S, uh, since we are getting to the end of R, go ahead and shoot me an email. And if I have talked to you in the past about being a guest, maybe now is a good time to remind me so I can actually get the schedule sorted out now that I'm done moving. Just a, a quick heads up, uh, if you're not already listening to the Gem Jam podcast, which is the episode-by-episode episode podcast about Gem, I was on a recent episode of that. I think it's going to be, when this comes out, I think it'll be two episodes back. 
Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, Annie Creighton, who has been on the show before, uh, was uh, is one of the hosts of that show. And they were nice enough to have me on for the episode where Jim fights an actual supervillain called The Presidential Dilemma. Uh, so check that out. And of course, you can also listen to the War Rocket of Jacks podcast, which I do every week with Matt Wilson. I also co-write X-Men 92 for Marvel Comics. Jordan edits that. Uh, it would be really cool if you would buy it. <laughs> it's really good. The current issue kicks off our second story arc, which is called Lila Palooza. It's got the real life bands, the Flaming Lips and the Toadies making guest appearances. Uh, yeah. And not real life band Death's Head also shows up. That's not a band in fake life, even. Nope, he's not a band, and he's not a real-life guy. He's a robot bounty hunter from the Transformers universe. No, he's from the Marvel universe. Well, he's not from the... You know what? It's complicated. <laughs> but, folks, we will be back next week for episode 88 of Sailor Moon, the final battle between light and dark, Pledge of Love for the Future. That's a hell of a title. And we'll talk to you next week. Until then, keep your mind on sailor business. We could have another gab session over cheesecake or something. Ray, Lita, Serena, Mina, you're great friends and great scouts, and I just want to say how much you guys mean to me. Aw, Amy. <laughs> Lighten up, Amy. We're all going to get our chance to pork out on cheesecake again. A victory blowout. We'll eat so much our stomachs will pop. I'm with ya. What do you have? <laughs> a black hole for a stomach? <laughs> and you don't, Critter Mouth? <laughs> yeah, all right. To saving the Earth and eating cheesecake. The Earth of the present and the future, too. We'll bust open that black crystal and send those negadweebs back to Nemesis where they belong. Right, Amy. We'll kick some major negabut and get Rini back to her real self again. <laughs> right! I hope they'll be okay. Don't worry. With the promise of cheesecake, they'll win this fight. <laughs>